Hey folks, Joyce Vance here. There's big news in the aftermath of the FBI's Mar-a-Lago search. Former President Donald Trump is challenging the search warrant, and he's asking the court to appoint an independent third party to review the evidence seized. Meanwhile, the judge will soon decide whether to unseal a redacted version of the search warrant affidavit. The Department of Justice is objecting to the unsealing, while Trump's legal team did not take a position in court. In other news, Senator Lindsey Graham is challenging a subpoena to testify before a Georgia grand jury that is investigating alleged interference in the 2020 election. Preet and I discuss all of this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership for just $1 for one month. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. As usual, as our listeners know, we record this in the 10 a.m. hour on Tuesday. Once again, for at least the second or third week in a row, a bunch of news last night with respect to the search of the Mar-a-Lago premises. But, you know, just to follow up on something we talked about last week, there's a burning question I have for you, Joyce. What's that, Preet? And the question relates to what exactly the Trump defense is. Do you take him to mean that he declassified all the material that was planted by the FBI or only the material that was not planted by the FBI? You know, in the Trump universe, this makes perfect sense. If you're a member of Trump's base, you can follow that logic. But I certainly can't. <laughs> There's a lot of inconsistent stuff. And exhibit, you know, 1,274 of inconsistency on Trump's part, which I guess we should start talking about because it's, it's the latest news. Monday evening, at long last, after threats of this, Trump's lawyers... They filed a motion, Joyce. Only two weeks in. Let's talk about the motion purports to be. It's called Motion for Judicial Oversight and Additional Relief, and it calls for, among other things, a special master to take over the review of the documents rather than having DOJ have a filter team to deal with privilege issues. And it says some other stuff in it, but, but that's a useful thing to pause on and explain to people how weird it is that you have this thing that the former president says is outrageous and unprecedented and his allies say the same thing, and they don't do anything about it in court for two weeks. Can you imagine that? It's almost inexplicable unless you just don't have good lawyers. There's another theme here, by the way, and we'll get to it as we talk about this motion, which I find both humorous and interesting, but not particularly persuasive, is that there's a difference between Trump and his allies in court or in a judicial proceeding and Trump and his allies outside of court. One, one example of that, and then we'll talk about this motion, and I think you and I mentioned it last week, on the whole question of whether or not the affidavit, you know, that sets out all the facts, the affidavit in support of the search warrant should be unsealed or not, and we'll get to that issue in a moment, there was a whole hearing before the magistrate judge at which a Trump lawyer was present. And what did the Trump lawyer say about Trump's position, and he's a relevant party here, right, because the affidavit might malign him in various ways or, in his mind, exonerate him. It was a search of his home. Search of his home. And r remind the audience what position Trump's lawyer took in court. So, interestingly enough, she took no position no in position. court. No position. She observes the hearing. She never 
files a motion to intervene, doesn't even stand up to represent her client in court. It's mind-boggling. Now, you know, lawyers might say as a technical matter, you know, she was not representing a party. The parties were the media organizations and the government. Is there any universe in which if the Trump lawyer had raised her hand and asked to speak aloud at that courtroom proceeding, that she would have been denied? No, absolutely not. And look, it still, I think, is is very strange. And there are a lot of questions around why they weren't parties. But even as a non-party, she's an interested sort of an entity. The judge is going to let her speak up. He's going to hear her out, whether it's persuasive to him or not, who knows. But he is definitely going to let her speak if she asks to. And the government's not going to object to that person speaking, in part because the government in its motion to unseal the search warrant itself, right, took a position that if the former president objects, you know, that's relevant. Basically said, if no objection from the president, we move to unseal the search warrant. So having done that in one context, in a related context, you've got to believe that they would be respectful of the, the right of the former president to be heard on this point. What's also bizarre about it, it's not like Trump was silent as to whether or not the search warrant affidavit should be unsealed, as is quoted in this motion. He said very clearly on social media, the entire search warrant should be unsealed, and then his lawyer didn't do anything about it. They didn't you know, add grist to the argument of the media organizations. It causes some people to cynically wonder, do they want to look like they want the affidavit unsealed, but don't really want it unsealed? What do you think? By some people, do you mean us? <laughs> and others, and others. You know, this has to be what's going on. You can imagine how these these conversations would have played out inside of Mar-a-Lago. Trump knows that when he argues to the court of public opinion, he's got to take this stand that the Biden White House has something to hide. Of course, the Biden White House isn't conducting this investigation. But at the same time, there is not a single word, not a single phrase in this affidavit that's good for Trump. It doesn't really matter, you know, if if the magistrate judge ultimately releases a redacted version of this affidavit, even if it's just two sentences, it's going to be bad for the former guy. So let's talk about this motion, which asks for various things. And I, I was struck, every time I was reading a paragraph, I was struck by a claim or a sentence or an argument. So let's get to this 20-something page motion that Trump's lawyers finally filed Monday night, two weeks after the search, requesting judicial oversight and additional relief. So you start with the first paragraph of the introduction. And the first sentence says, politics cannot be allowed to impact the administration of justice. Fair statement. It's a great statement. Nothing to disagree with there, and I agree. I think Merrick Garland would agree. I think it's a little peculiar that in the very next sentence, they say, President Donald J. Trump is a clear frontrunner in the 2024 Republican presidential primary and in the 2024 general election, should he decide to... And he goes on (laughs) to talk about politics and the importance of politics in this context. Now, I, I guess what they're saying is the fact that he is a dominant challenger suggests that this was done for political reasons, but it's a little bit odd. Oh, I think you're far too kind. I mean, (laughs) you know, I'll say I usually try to read an entire pleading before I start tweeting about it, right? Because you always want to know what's at the end. This one, though, those sentences took me just so off guard (laughs) that I started wondering, did Trump write this himself? Did none of his lawyers look at it? Because we know he's now got Jim Trusty, who's an old DOJ guy, a decent lawyer. And I just thought, wow, what he's essentially saying is 
you know I'm still above the law. Continuing in paragraph one of the introduction, <laughs> this is like sort of, you know, Preet and Joyce annotating the motion. This is fun. On August 8th, 2022, in a shockingly aggressive move, and with no understanding of the distress that it would cause most Americans, you know, the search happened. Do you think that distress has been caused to most Americans with respect to this search? You know, I wonder how many search warrants federal law enforcement agents execute every day in America. And I, I don't know what the number is, but I bet you each of those searches causes distress to people who wake up to learn that they're about to become defendants in criminal cases or that there's evidence of crimes at their homes. I bet it's really distressing to them. I got to say, even living in Alabama, most of the Americans that I've talked to aren't distressed by this search. Some of them are cheering it on. Some of them are curious. Some of them are, are wondering if their illusions about the former guy are about to be shattered. I'm not sensing a lot of distress personally. No. And I think the, po the polls bear that out, although the polls, you know, shouldn't govern and, and be, you know, commanding on this issue. But I think there's just a misstatement of what the American, maybe most of his base is distressed. I think most of what he says is a misstatement. Yeah. Well, so, here, so let's move on. Uh, we're, we're all the way up to page two, in which the motion says, movement, meaning the Trump folks, ask the government the questions that any American citizen would ask under the circumstances, namely, and then there's a bunch of questions. The first one, why raid my home with a platoon of federal agents when I have voluntarily cooperated with your every request? Can I answer for him? Please. Because there's probable cause to believe that evidence or fruits of a crime will be found at the place to be searched, Mr. Former President. Yeah, and it's also based on the record that we have, and that will be more fully developed as time goes on, he did not fully involuntarily cooperate. I love this suggestion that he did, though. You know, like that you're investigating a drug case and the drug dealer says, really, no, there's no drugs at my house. And you're supposed to take that at face value and not execute the warrant if you've got probable cause. I mean, this stuff is meshuggas. Meshuggas. That's an Alabama word, right? It is an Alabama word. <laughs> That's a deep South word. Yeah. So, you know, and there are other points we'll, we'll get to in a moment where the former president's team suggests that he cooperated and voluntarily cooperated and was fully cooperative, that's just not borne out by, among other things, it appears that they found classified documents when they went in pursuant to the search warrant. And if they found classified documents when they went in pursuant to the search warrant, based on months of requests for all classified material, it wasn't turned over. So how that could possibly be characterized as voluntary and complete cooperation, is beyond me. And it becomes even more interesting if the reporting in the New York Times last night is accurate, because they report that Trump personally reviewed those documents before materials were given back to the government in January. That suggests that he knew precisely what was in there. In fact, a box even landed in the closet in his office. That's, that's a skiff, right? A secure space, the closet in his office? Well, it depends on if you have skeletons there or not. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yes, that's my dad joke for this episode. That's a good one. Thank you very much. Skeletons in the closet. That's the name for the episode. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. We can use that. So th then there's this other argument that I really don't understand, and maybe I'm just not smart enough. So in other contexts, we talk about privilege. So when Congress is trying to get communications from the former president's term, arguments are made about privilege. That happens in connection with the New York Attorney General case as well. Here, 
when what is what is trying to be accomplished is the retrieving and the return to the National Archives of, of presidential records and government records, this argument that protecting the integrity of these documents is important not only to the movement, but also to the institution of the presidency, yeah, protecting the integrity of these documents is exactly why the search was done, exactly why we had this controversy, exactly why the archives were doing what they were doing. Do you follow what, what the hell they're, they're trying to argue here? I think that they they just have a failure of understanding here, and it's, it's going to ultimately resolve this case against them because they've proved the point that these are documents that belong to the National Archives. These are documents about the presidency. They are not documents. You know, it's like there's this comment that the president makes when Philbin tries to retrieve documents from him, and he essentially says, my precious, right? You can't have them. Ultimately, those sorts of arguments just prove too much. Do you think the former president believes that old aphorism? What is it? You know, possession is nine-tenths of the law? You know, it's hard to say. I I do remember that. And I mean, you know, that applies in some cases. But increasingly, I think these arguments that he's making, that I was protecting the documents or I declassified them, I think that they all prove too much. And ultimately, if the government does decide to charge him, they'll use those arguments against him to show that he had guilty knowledge, that he knew that they were not his documents to hold on to, even if he did have them in his possession. His possession of them ends up being the crime. You know, some people are are advocating an understanding of this whole controversy as not about classification of documents or misuse of classified documents, but rather a case of theft, stolen documents. And it occurs to me that the other way you could think about it is the president illegally squatting on documents, like some might in a dwelling. Then he goes on to say, the government has refused to provide President Trump with any reason for the unprecedented general search of his home. And he again says the president has been fully cooperative. And and once again, I'll just point out the reason for the search of the home, even though we don't have the affidavit yet, is borne out by the actual retrieval of documents marked classified. It it almost speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's not just there was probable cause. It's that As you say, I mean, it's game over once they walk out of there with more classified material. And, you know, there's this internal battle over whether classification matters. But as you say, these documents are all government property, whether it's a violation of the Espionage Act, whether it's a violation of 641, which prohibits stealing government property. There's plenty of potential crime here to go around. Yeah, I mean, the motion keeps emphasizing selectively and incompletely the ways in which there was some accommodation and voluntariness, right? So this is one of my favorites on page five. The motion says, on May 11, 2022, movement, meaning the former president, voluntarily in italics, voluntarily. Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for just $1 for one month. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who've chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.